From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Hunter Biden, labeled a threat to national security by those people that can read. Unfortunately, that doesn't include any of the Democrat supporters. And in there lies the real problem. These are the same morons that are led around by a dimwit who could not get a job at any business in the very country that he is the head of. That, to me, is the most startling fact of the Biden administration. Let's strip away what we know, those of us who can read. Joe Biden, an asset of the organized mafia, labor mafia, is called unions and has been since the day he was elected. When he first started to lose his hair, not now how he has the doll hair sewn to his head, but way back when, when he could remember his name. Now he's stammering around, stuttering around. It's almost a pathetic thing to watch as he tries to explain how he's starting World War III and how we should cut him a break, because after all, he's old and feeble. China today is saying uh, they feel smeared, that you smeared them and their leader in your remarks last night. Have relations now between the U.S. and China taken a big hit? No. Frankly? How do you know? I know. I talked to him. Because he's he's an asset of them. PBS fungible reporter. He is an asset. He's been a recipient of Communist Party bribes since he could talk like a man without that old weak voice like, help me, I'm dying. Where's the priest? In the meantime, we have another little problem. We're drowning in feudalism. Sixty three percent. This is an astonishing fact. 63% of Americans cannot write a check for $1,000. Why is that? It's because of the politicians, the extortion racket, the government that has choked off businesses that are not in on the scam of their insane spending. Insane spending. So the real economy shrinks. Jobless claims massively increase yet again. Less than, what, five days since the supposed great Jobs number? We do come in over expectations, 196,000, but that is still uh, very low. So, Well, that's Bloomberg. Bloomberg reporter. That's still very low, yet it's more than double what expected. We're not looking here at a major change in the initial jobless claims numbers. Continuing claims do rise a bit, 1,688 from 1,655. However, uh, that is... That's just jobless claims. One million six hundred thousand and eighty eight. Or I'm sorry, six hundred and eighty eight thousand. One million six hundred and eighty eight thousand jobless claims. What are you fracking kidding me? That's a depression. It does explain why more than 50, 50 percent of all Americans are on welfare. How's the economy good? And then you got good old Chicago. What's her name? Uh, is it Laquisha? What is it? Lakeisha. Good, because Lakeisha reminds me of Swalwell. Taxpayer dollars to ask the Ukrainians to help them cheat an election. Yeah, that sounds like a Lakeisha. This is Lakeisha. 
Diaper needs is critical to the baby's health and wellness, um, yet most federal assistance programs, and you'll hear me echo this again, um, do not consider diaper needs to be a necessity. And do now, I want you to picture the state representative, Lakeisha Collins. Lakeisha Collins, I don't want to make her mad at me because I'm going to need her. I'm in development right now of the Tonka toilet seat. She stands about four foot eight. She's a good 375 pounds. She's all dolled up. And in this state alone, you qualify, if you're working, one parent working, you qualify for $51,823 in benefits, aside from your salary. And now, Lakeisha wants another $70 for diapers a month. Not cover their expense. They are communities that are extremely disproportionate. And so for those families who are black and brown and even families in rural areas who don't have enough money to cover these costs, they're struggling with. I wonder if these families are all built like Lakeisha, because something is getting thrown down that pie hole to get her up to the 450 pounds. Aside from that, everybody's got all the fancy nails and fancy hairdos. You see, Lakeisha, what separates this is decisions of the individual parents. It's character, once again. So you could hide under race, because I know that's what you want to do. But I've been fortunate in my life. I love people of all races. And the people I love of all races, all can manage to buy their kids diapers. It's true. Or we could go back to the way it was, when my firm little Fanny was in diapers. And you do the cloth diapers. Then the mommy and daddy has to wash them. Oh, there was a time. You didn't just buy them and throw them out. And then you could save the environment after all the landfills with all the plastic diapers. Think about it, Laquisha. Laquisha? What's her name? Laquisha. This every single day. So I think that this very important piece of legislation that we are introducing in the Senate and in the House is going to ease some of that burden off of these families. And it'll pass in Illinois. Oh, it'll pass. Because the single parent who receives $52,000 a year now, it's not enough. And the reason is Bidenomics. Because what Lakeisha doesn't want you to know is that since Joe Biden usurped the most powerful office in this country, the price of diapers has gone up 185%. Oh, it's true. But don't worry. Those strong Democrat base, the welfare roach, they're not going to feel a lick. Not a lick. And as for the job numbers, ah, what's the point of working anyway? Initial jobless claims for the week of November 19th, 240,000. Definitely higher than we are looking for. That happens to be the highest level since the second week in August. Well, then how did the numbers, the job numbers come up 500 and something thousand? How? Because the government, once again, is bald-faced lying. So now if they're going to lie about the actual reality of the economy in this country... Do you, not gonna, do you not think they're going to lie about their greatest weapon? See, the greatest weapon, ironically, against liberty, freedom, and the American way, isn't socialism because it fails. It has nothing to do. The greatest weapon against America, against you, the American citizen, to cast you into some quasi-European, Soviet, South American slave to the government supremacist master, was COVID. COVID has exposed the awesome power that can be misused by government officials. The loss of basic freedoms has been nothing less than breathtaking. Our response to the pandemic has been a miserable failure. A miserable failure. Now, Ron Johnson is a wonderful man who would make a phenomenal president, and I'm proud that he gives me the time of day. 
He's exactly correct. But I want to combine another senator who I love, who was able to question today a professional lying scumbag. Sorry, I know I, I use it too much, but it's true, especially when they come from the State Department. Now, uh, Squirrel, what's the difference between the State Department and the Pentagon? Because the Pentagon lost $6 trillion. Did the State Department have anything to do with it? Doesn't matter. You're not going to get any information out of these lying mafia members anyway. Thank you, Senator Paul. Mr. Chairman, it's estimated that between uh, 5 and uh, 18 million people died from COVID-19 worldwide. To a significant number of scientists, the evidence suggests that this originated from a lab leak in Wuhan. Does the State Department fund coronavirus research in China? Do we fund coronavirus? I don't believe so, but I don't know. I'll double check and we'll get back to you on that, Senator. Now, what I like about this is, you see, I'm from the neighborhood. Tuts! I know the scam. You got yourself a vestal, a vessel of corruption, a little vestibule. You have a little front company. Oh, it looks private, but it's anything but. It's a way to give you plausible deniability. It's a phony bagman. It's a little LLC company. You give it all the little credibility. You call it Eco Health Alliance. And you fund all of your fraud through it. It's why old-time gangsters owned car lots. You see? It's why they owned uh, laundromats and currency exchanges. It's a way to funnel the corruption from the eye of the average man. But I'm not the average man. I see you from a mile away, whore. The answer is yes, you do. And it's been going on for more than a decade. And it's done through a program called Predict and then the Global Virome. And why this is important is we had a million Americans die. And we really haven't had any discussion of this. No hearings, nothing. People are unaware that they're even funding the research. We found out recently through the House unclassified report that money is going from the NIH to American universities to the, um, uh, uh, the Academy of Military Medical Sciences Research in China. You see how they do it, Squirrel? They run it through a bunch of little entities so that it's hard to trace back. And they put it in a place no one wants to look. Just say military, and you'll blindfold the moron American with a flag. And he'll say, okay, not me. I know what you're doing. It's a money laundering system of fraud. And we'll get to Zelensky with his Transformer emblem on his sweatshirt later. We are subcontracting money and sending it over, but millions is coming from the State Department. So the idea is this. We will identify all the viruses in the world. We'll be safer because we identified them. But here's the question. Are we safer to have some guy or some woman crawling down a cave 10 hours away from Wuhan, coming up with bat guano, coming up with viruses, and bringing it to a city of 15 million like Wuhan? This is what's been going on for a decade. It's a setup for an accident. It's a setup for a mistake. And nobody's doing anything about it. We continue to fund it. The main group that's been getting this money is EcoHealth Alliance. Over $100 million. Over $100 million to EcoHealth Alliance. Well, isn't that that low-life roach who's affiliated with the crack-smoking, sister-in-law-banging son of the president, Hunter Biden? I think it is. A lot of it through the State Department. They continue to get money. They don't file the reports on time. They didn't stop their experiments. And yet we reward them with more money. Fifteen million people died, and we haven't done a thing about it. Nobody seems to care. We're not even sure we fund it. The State Department's a big funder of this project. It's a multi-decade-long project. 
But there are scientists, as we speak, from Stanford, from MIT, from prestigious universities around the country. These are not partisans. Most of them are not Republicans who stand up and say, oh, my God, what are we doing? Bringing these viruses from remote bat caves to major metropolitan areas and with no controls over this. Now, that's 15 million people because of COVID. How many people because of the so-called solution? The multi-trillion dollar money-making scheme of Big Pharma, who, by the way, also had a research and development lab in Wuhan. Thailand's 44-year-old princess, Badra Kataiba Mahadol, remains unconscious more than three weeks after collapsing due to a heart problem, a palace statement said on January 7th. The eldest child of Thai King Mahavijra Longkorn lost consciousness on December 15th. Doctors continue to provide medicine and use equipment to support the functions of the heart, lung, and kidney, the statement said. But you know what that's really from, Squirrel? It's from the vaccine. Over one million lives lost. The human toll of the economic devastation caused by shutdowns that did not work. And the loss of learning and other psychological harms to our children. Federal health officials denied patients early treatment and to this day refuse to acknowledge the extent of significant injuries caused by the COVID vaccines. Emails between Anthony Fauci and Francis Collins reveal how they intended to use their awesome government authority and power to accomplish a, quote, devastating published takedown, unquote, of scientists who offered a different approach to handling the pandemic. Have emails also revealed Fauci's attempt to hide his agency's role in funding dangerous research that might have led to the creation of the deadly coronavirus? We don't know because those agencies won't provide the unredacted documents. Now, let me explain something. I know that 99% of Americans are willing slaves. I'm not. I'm the boss. I pay the bills and I want the answers. You could distract me with your dirty diaper president or your dirty diaper welfare roach, but I don't distract. And I'm going to get to the bottom of this. 312-642-5600. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I want these people in jail. You think I want them not elected? You're going to jail, scumbags. Federal health agencies have not been honest or transparent. I've written over 50 oversight letters, and the vast majority of the questions I have asked have either received an inadequate response or no response at all. I have requested information that the public has a right. That's a representative of the people. This is a republic. You are two-bit whore bureaucrats. You're nickel-and-dime scumbags that couldn't operate a job outside of a corrupt government. See, you government hacks. You can't hack it in the real world. You couldn't be a bartender. And you walk around with an heiress uh, uh, of accomplishment, an erudite. Oh, you're such a professional. You have your job because you're a loyalist to the corrupt government. And that's the only reason. So when a senator asks you something, you say, yes, sir, and you get it. And as for you, State Department, I want to defund you because you're good for nothing except stealing money. So we've been asking for information from the State Department because we want to know more about this. U.S. Right to Know has been sending FOIA requests for two and a half years, and they don't get anything. 
So, Mr. Chairman, I've sent two letters. Some of them are six months old now, and we get a, you know, whatever. We're not going to give you any information. Who do these people think they are? Who do you think you are? You think you're gods. You nickel and dime bust outs think you're gods. It's time to go through every single employee, every single registered voter, every single performance, everything. I want them all fired. Let's start all over again. This government needs an enema, and I got a hose. Take it easy, Buttigieg. Don't get excited. What I would hope for is that we could have, people always talk about bipartisanship. Could we not get bipartisan support for records? This is not partisan. We want to know what the U.S. State Department is funding. NIH resists our our requests on their funds. The two things that we know for certain that have led us to believe this came from the lab that are big came because one was leaked, and this was a DARPA request. So the Chinese researchers in China wanted from DARPA money to create a virus that, guess what, looks exactly like COVID-19. They asked for it in 2018. We turned them down. Fortunately, we did the right thing for once. We turned them down. That doesn't mean they didn't do the research. And so many scientists had an aha moment. They saw this and they said, oh, my goodness, they asked for money to create something that looks almost exactly what we got. So in nature, you do not have coronaviruses that infect people that have what is called a furin cleavage site. Chinese said, give us money. We're going to stick a furin cleavage site to allow it to infect humans more. We found out that not because you let us know or not because the NIH let us know. They still resist. This is top secret. This is classified. This is the whole problem of classification. But it's also to cover up things. So we don't know. See, that's a doctor, squirrel. Unlike the bureaucrats who funded the greatest weapon to fascists, communists, dictators, totalitarians worldwide. And I'm not going to wait for them to tell me what they want me to know. I want to know everything. Who are they to classify something as top secret? Because it's evidence of their corruption. Our government is corrupt from soup to nuts, including Illinois' own Lakeisha in her dolled up $3,000 outfit built on a bowling ball who wants more money for welfare. I'm getting awful sick of our biggest problem among welfare people being obesity because they're stealing the money from the people. Tom in Brookfield. Hey, Sean. Hey, I, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, a lot of the, the clips that I saw, um, they were asking them yes or no questions. And like Lauren Boebert yesterday, uh, when she was talking to that guy about um, her being canceled from uh, Twitter while there are like 48,000 child porn sites yeah. that are led to. I wish she would have said. Why do you prefer child porn over me making statements on Twitter? I think it's implied because uh, Bobert no, speaks. No, it's for, not. No, no, Bo- it's not because he doesn't have to answer it. All he did was say, "No, I don't know why you were canceled." He get him on the record as to why he prefers child porn. Well, make I mean, him Tom, give you an pr- answer. I know, but the proof is in the pudding. The proof is who they are. See, these fascists, these American Marxists, this cabal, this cult of corruption, they sympathize with the pedophile and reject the person who speaks of the liberty of their victims. You understand? This is the problem we're at. That's why you cannot commingle. There's no compromise. Compromise is something you do with your wife, not something you do with Mao Zedong. Thank you very much. And that's who this is. These are different versions of dictators and communists.
Now, the, the other question is, Twitter was a private company? And yes, they can kick you out. The good news is they don't own it anymore, right? Buy your own Twitter. Start your own business and throw them out. That's what this show is. You're not allowed, you fascist pig. I don't want to get along with you. I don't care what your opinion is. You're either killing the baby or molesting it. Sick bastards. And if it's that's not the case, you're stealing my money. 312-642-5600. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I won't leave. See, now, during the last segment, we were talking about the old Twitter. And as always, I will defend the property rights. As a private company, they can turn away anybody they want. That's the beauty of having a private company. And during the break, some feeble, fascist, Democrat scourge called the lovely Honey Bunny to say he knew the owner or the CEO of our company, not the owner, the CEO of our company. He grew up with him. So call him up. He wants me off the air. They don't understand. I don't want you to listen. And then what did he do, honey bunny? He asked about our ratings. Well, I have something to tell him, the feeble Chicago Democrat scum. As he wallows in the corruption and failure that is the sewer of Chicago, once great city, now a sewer of corruption. We are killing it. And it's because of you. Because I don't let them listen. See, it's not good enough for the fascists to change the station. They want to control the content. Well, you cannot control the content. I do not want your listenership, but I get it anyway. And as far as our ratings, we are in how many countries, honey bunny? 18 countries, all 50 states. We average about 40,000 downloads. It's not bad. Not bad for a little private company, three-hour show. Just one guy. And they're monitoring constantly. We get the emails to the office. Right here. Gatsangul for you and every one of your Democrat scourge. You've destroyed every municipality, county, city, and everywhere you're in charge. And you're destroying my country now. Now you want to, what do you, what do they call it? Cancel me? I don't give a rip what you think about anything, you baby murdering scum that you are. I call you what you are. I call you what you are. And every policy you have littered in corruption. And I could smell it like I could smell every girl you ever dated. I know exactly what you are. You're what's wrong with my country. And you're trying to backdoor nationalize our liberty and our freedom. So you're the feeble lowlifes that demand other people put masks on. Other people buy into your experiment. I'm here to tell you, baby, never masked. Look at me. I'm beautiful. Never masked. Blood. Pure. Pure as it was before the government invested in COVID. Never took a vaccine. Never gonna. You're never gonna break me. Because I don't need your opinion, your approval. I don't need you to listen. Change the station, scumbag. Go to NPR or any of the other Nazi sympathizer stations. But I recognize you as the Fourth Reich. And just like the Fourth Reich, you want to control information. But it's getting harder and harder. And the State Department knew about it, but we've had no hearings about this. They refused to give us information. Fifteen million people died. A million American died. And you won't give us... He didn't give his name, huh? Hey, listen, do me a favor, foot soldier to fascism. 
when you call Dave. Tell him I said hello. And tell him, listen, I don't want the Connecticut Shade cigars anymore. They're too light. I like a cigar for a man. I want a Nicaraguan, 6 by 60 box press. You give him that message for me? Foot soldier to the Fourth Reich, scumbag Chicago Democrat. You do that for me? Scum. <sighs> Idiot. information. So what I would ask is look at our request. This isn't partisan. This should be about discovering the origins of this. The scientific community. No, 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 no. The Fourth Reich, the government supremacists, the ones who want to implement the taking from the makers and the giving to the needy, not helping the needy. See, charity helps needy, teaching needy how to work. That's what helps them. They don't want that. They need the government supremacists, the willful ignorant the willful slaves, to support their open and notorious corruption. So, sorry, Rand, I love you, but you're wrong. It's not bipartisan. The mafia needs control. They need complacency. They need fear so they can build their cult of corruption. And before you know it, you'll be throwing $15 billion at an airport that smells like a shoe. Peter and Wilmette. Sean, how are you? Good to hear you again. Hey, listen, I agree with you. I want these guys thrown in jail just as bad as you do. Yeah. But you know what? The senators and the congressmen are a bunch of pansies, and people treat them as such. And they've done it to themselves because mm-hmm. they both protect their own side. No one's scared of a congressman or a senator anymore. Back in the day, you would be scared because they did have the power to do things. Our attorney general's a waste. He has no... Uh, guts, and he won't prosecute these guys if they don't show up or don't give over the documents. So therefore, the tiger's been stripped of the teeth. There is no power in Washington, and they put on these shows, and these people come up and go, I don't recall. No, I didn't do that. Peter, you know what? And everyone I, I, goes for, home. And I agree with you, by the way. I, I completely agree with you. But there is power, and the power is in the corruption of policy. And it's in the corruption of buying complacency to what we all know is a is a money laundering scheme but ultimately well of course this is getting harder and harder to run away from because both the virus and the cure have killed millions of people and i think they they might have gotten to the point where they killed somebody who's not going to take it and i'll tell you what i mean thank you by the way for the call i'll tell you what i mean one daughter of the present king ram the 10th collapsed and is in coma she uh within I think it was 23 days after the third shot. And she's young. Of course, 44 years old, never been seriously ill, collapsed, and is now in a coma. And the diagnosis that was given by the authorities and by the university is so ridiculous. She's supposed to have a bacterial infection that will never do what she's suffering from. And so we uh, determined and uh, the activists in Thailand uh, who have been on this for many, many months now, great guys, also a professor from the university in Bangkok. He's gotten in touch with the royal family and we are sending information to the royal family to alert them to the fact that in all probability the princess is suffering as a victim of this jab, as so many people around the world have been suffering. That is Dr. 
and professor, Sukarat Bakari. And he has now become a consultant to the king. And Taiwan is breaking the contract with Pfizer. And they will be pursuing Pfizer for all of the crimes that we cannot get answers to. Anything about the 28 thing, but we had an illegal leak that went to somebody in the media that's now public that said the Chinese wanted to create a virus just like COVID-19 in 2018. The other thing we know is three researchers in the Wuhan lab and the Wuhan Institute of Virology got very sick with flu-like symptoms similar to COVID in November. We only know that, though, because the Trump administration on the way out declassified it. So we have to get over all the classification. We also have to be more forthcoming. And I'm hoping the chairman will consider looking at our request. These are not partisan. We want to know all the information about funding of research in China. We want to know the interactions. There were cables going back and forth between the State Department saying, holy cow, they're not wearing gloves. They don't wear masks and doing this research. They're doing it in what's called a BSL-2 as opposed to a BSL-4. Most of the research that we think escaped was not done in the appropriate lab. And we have a sitting asset of the Chinese Communist Party. Of course, he's sitting in diapers and his own urine. But some people in this country call him president. Some people think he can be president. Some people can't recognize that he's a 50-year political whore and always has been. Not only is he worth tens of millions, he got there by selling out his country. He's a traitor to America, not a president in it. An asset of the Chinese Communist government, who appears to have been working with a lot of people in our government to create the greatest bioweapon ever released on mankind. Robert in Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean, how you doing tonight? Good, how are you? Well, I'm getting a little peeled at listening to all this. I mean, this stuff has to be answered. All that stuff that you've showed so far, the Wuhan experiment, Dr. Fauci, Feisner's role in this, what's in that chemical that they're pumping into people's bodies, Dr. Fauci and others need to be dra- subpoenaed and dragged into Congress and grilled like a piece of fish well, and get some answers. What do you that, think? That's the response of somebody who is a good American. See, the, the, the asset to the mafia, the Marxist mafia, the Democrats, they want to silence any questions. And there in there lies the difference. Just as the Third Reich wanted to silence any resistance, the new Fourth Reich does. Thank you very much, Robert. I'll take the rest of your calls as soon as I get back. I was just listening to the Sean Thompson show. I am saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist pig. And an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM560. The answer. Oh, I love that song, Squirrel. My mother and I used to sing that song. See, the Fourth Reich fascists want you to feel alone. You are not alone. There are tens of millions of us. And I don't just mean the ones that had their votes stolen by the mafia as they implemented this dimwit in diapers to pretend to be the president. I will not be silenced or intimidated. So when these scum, these Chicago rats call and try to intimidate me. You inspire me. And I'm here to tell you, we get bigger every fracking day. You can take a look at me on Rumble, or you can find me on Asshat. Do they have to know anything when they go to Asshat, Squirrel? How's that work? I don't even know. Don't, don't go to Asshat. Just go to Rumble. I've been kicked off YouTube, and I support YouTube's right to kick me off. Unlike the fascists who simply want everything removed and silenced, I want to have the argument. I want to have the fight. 
every minute of every day. Honey Bunny, did you ask that Democrat scourge if his wife has my Gucci watch from the 80s with the Galligator band? I left it at some tramp's house before I got married. I got to find that watch. Bert in Chicago. Hello. Bert, hi. Yes. Yes, how are you, uh, Sean? Good to, good to hear you as always. And you're like, you're the one voice for many of us that are afraid to speak up on some of these issues. And, and I'm only for us. I'm not for them. This is for us. Go ahead. Yes, absolutely. Now, I want to bring up one point about, do you remember when Biden first got into office and the goal was 100 million you know, Americans will be vaccinated within 100 days. I, mm-hmm. I'm sure you recall those times. Okay. So, but even, even after the hundred days passed, they were still pushing the, to get, to get the vaccine, the COVID vaccine, pushing, pushing, pushing. And then, well, I have some information that one of the reasons why is because Pfizer over manufactured first, there was a shortage of, of vaccine available, and then they ramped up production. They increased the number, millions of units of vials. But the administration was pushing this because they had millions of vials of the Pfizer product that was getting ready to expire. I mean, so just, you know, just pushing Americans into going to get that shot just so Pfizer can make their profit. I mean, this is just pure profit over patient safety. Of course, and I mean the the pharma the pharma companies are out of control, and and they they will get away with murder if you let them. And in fact, they are. I mean, yeah. Um, but I'm not going to incriminate you, but I love the fact that you you called, and I want you to know when you make a decision to do anything, I want you to have this number. You stay in contact with Honey Bunny. In fact, I'm going to put you. Okay. On, you, you tell Honey Bunny, I'm not going to incriminate you, but I want to tell you, I think it's it's wonderful that you are doing, you're speaking out because you have the knowledge to do so. You're, his name isn't Bert right. and he isn't from Chicago, but I will protect him. In the meantime, this is what we need, good people in bureaucracies that are really destroying the uh, the idea that the government has any legitimacy. There are good people there. Thank you very much, Bert, and I appreciate you making the call. You see, there are people in bureaucracies that know exactly what the deal is. There are people in the NIH. There are people in the FDA. There are people that are party to this that don't want to go along with it. They've been silenced, and they can only be silenced in a, in a government that wants to keep this a secret. That's unfortunately where we are. About 50-50 now, and I would hope that we, we suspect the Chinese of not being honest and withholding information, but it's sad that the U.S. government is withholding information from its representatives. It's not sad. It's illegal. It's time we kick the doors in. George Naperville. Sean. We're bigger than U.S. Steel. Yes, we are, baby. I love a good Godfather reference. Thank you, George. Chuck and Dullivan. Hey, uh, I'm .06 on my alcohol meter, and Ooh. I will never call you when I'm drunk, so I always test myself before I call. I appreciate I'm doing a lot of research. Good thing you got me I'm early. Of, well, yeah, I'm doing a lot of research right now, and I'm getting ready to build a guillotine. And it's oh. right next to the pig. it's right next to the pig pen. All it's right. not that I need a. It's not that I need a guillotine, but I've been doing a lot of research on this revolution over there they had back when the girl said if they don't want to eat bread, let them eat cake. Yeah, and uh, you don't want to be caught with your pants down where you don't have a guillotine. So I'm building one right now. It's pants down have and guillotine is not drop. something you want to say to an Italian guy. Go ahead. It's going to have a thirty foot drop, and I'm yeah. thinking it's going to be going about fifty miles an hour when it comes down. All right. 
Just be careful, will well, you please? Because you drinking with the beard on a ladder, this has all the recipes for your insurance agent to commit suicide. Thank you very much, Chuck. We'll be back after this. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Full disclosure, I never liked Bill Gates. I'm very familiar with Bill Gates. He's not a genius. He's a scoundrel. I always felt that way before he hired the PR uh, firm in the late 90s to rebuild his image. I knew that Bill Gates was always a scoundrel, and not just because he's uh, Jeffrey Epstein's co-pilot. What do you say to the charge that if you are a climate change campaigner, but you also travel around the world on a private jet, you're a hypocrite? Well, I, I, by the gold standard of funding Climeworks to do direct air capture, that far exceeds my family's carbon footprint. And I spend billions of dollars on, on climate innovation. So, you know, should I stay at home and not come to Kenya and learn about farming and malaria? Anyway, I mean, I'm, I'm comfortable with the idea that not only am I not part of the problem by paying for the offsets, but I also through the billions that my Breakthrough Energy Group is spending, that I'm part of the solution. Now, aside from the dry mouth, he's making up things, and I didn't know we sold offsets. When I heard that clip, I immediately thought of my next guest. I've had the priv- privilege of discussing uh, the economy with him before. He formerly was the chief economist for the U.S. Senate Committee on Banking. He is Dr. Thomas Hogan, and he is a research fellow at the American Institute for Economic Research. So what do you think about that, Dr. Thomas Hogan? Did do you know that we have an offset system? Because I thought the climate exchange failed here in America. Yeah, thanks. I'm glad to be on. I think I, you're right. The offset thing, I think, is basically fake. Um, and I, I, it's funny because that clip you just played from Bill Gates, I actually heard that, too, and I emailed it to my friend, and we all laughed about how he said, you know, I'm not part of the problem. I'm part of the solution, of course, implying that all of us little people are the problem and not him. And you're, it's just outrageous, you know, that he would think think that, uh, and that these are basically fake, you know, give him the ability to fly around the world with no guilt. It's crazy. And the more, and the more you learn, the more you dive in to the, the f- I, I've concluded it's an absolute fraud, the money laundering scheme, a way to control the economy, to backdoor nationalize companies and private economies in the most important sector in any government, in any country, I should say, uh, the energy sector. It's all, it, it, it's truly a fraud that Paul Newman should have should have done if he was still alive in the Sting Part Four, and 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 when you realize that we came very close to having a carbon exchange right in Chicago, Illinois, and you realize the way that it was manipulated, they were making up everything. Thankfully, it didn't pass when Barack Obama was president. But how is the Fed involved now in climate change, and why should they be? How how has it infiltrated our banking system? 
Yeah, that's right. So, you know, the Fed it, it just can't seem to get out of their own way. They just keep screwing up. You know, in the in the COVID period, it was the bailouts that they were bailing out all these companies. And then it was two years of record high inflation that we hadn't seen in 40 years. And now they're getting into the climate business, which is somewhere that they're completely not supposed to be involved with. And so they're taking this sort of backdoor approach that they're they're you know, they're the central bank of the United States, and so they're supposed to manage the money supply, but they also regulate the banking system. And so what they're doing is they're introducing these new regulations that are going to penalize banks, basically, for lending to fossil fuel companies and probably reward them if they lend to, you know, green energy companies. And so even though the Fed's not supposed to be involved with climate at all, they're sneakily getting into it through the back door through the bank regulation. You know, I, I understand you were formerly the chief economist for the U.S. Senate Committee on Banking. But what has happened right. is these bureaucracies, this in particular bureaucracy is, is, is rogue, has absolutely zero oversight. It's a quasi-government company. It's, it's not even a government entity. It's mm -hmm. a private company. And they are in control of our banking, our money, everything. And now they're just making it up. What power does the Senate have? Or is it unfortunately what I think it is? And I had a caller earlier. It, the tiger has no teeth. It is, it is just kabuki theater for us, is it not? Yeah, I mean, so you're absolutely right that this is, this is a situation that, you know, most of the government agencies, it's bad because we know that they are mostly dominated by one political party. You know, it's like 90% Democrats or something that staff most of these agencies. Uh, but as you pointed out, the Fed is even worse here because they're supposed to be independent. They have, they have extra leeway. You can't just fire a lot of the people from, from the Fed. Um, and, that's partly because of, you know, that's because of the role in monetary policy that we want monetary policy to be independent. I think that's actually a good idea. We don't want to be like some country that has a dictator that's in charge of the central bank and he just calls up and says, hey, print a billion dollars and send it over, right? We don't want that. If Biden could do that right now, we'd have had the Green New Deal, right? from the start of his presidency. So I think it's good that the, the, the president can't do that. But at the same time, their regulatory system is not supposed to be independent. That's something that we should have oversight for that should be responsible to Congress for. But as you mentioned, like the banking committee and the Senate uh, doesn't really have any power. They can, you know, if they want to fix this, they basically have to write a law and not you know, go far beyond just kind of monitoring the situation. They don't really have any power to 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 change this. And there's two things that bother me with this. They're obviously there's they're riddled in scandal. The heads of the federal mm -hmm. reserves around the country just were in a big scandal of insider front running trading. Yet it just goes away, and nothing happens. They're all worth tens of millions of dollars. And when I do this show. I'll never forget the month my mother was $40 short on the rent. And this system of bureaucracy, this system of a progressive tax, wasn't just the second plank of the Communist Manifesto. It's meant to keep people down. And when you add another layer of taxation, which is what this climate agenda is, it's riddled in, in, in data that they refuse to have a discussion about, but ultimately it boils down to money. Has there ever been a correlation between money and climate? And if that's the case, shouldn't the government have to pay us for blowing up Nord Stream 2 and having the greatest disaster created by man in the history of, of the world? 
Well, uh, so you're right. Like the relationship here that they're claiming, so they're you know they're regulating the banks and telling them, hey, you need to not lend to fossil fuel companies because they're too risky or something like that, and and that's basically made up. And I think they're also saying you don't want to lend to uh, coast coastline houses or something like that because we might have uh, rising water levels and. You, Banks have insurance for that stuff already, so we don't need the government to be involved with that. Like banks already know if this is risky, we're going to try to be careful with it. But the Federal Reserve is is pushing it in a way that is basically just totally made up. So I, I just wrote; they actually have um, open comments for some of these regulations that they're proposed. And so I wrote a letter for the record that says, you know, you said that ocean acidification is a threat to the financial system. Really? Uh, how could that possibly be? Ocean acidification, like, that makes no sense at all. And so they're just making this stuff up because they want to be able to pressure the banks and tell them, like, you know, it, there's formally a rule, but then informally they tell them, like, no, 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 you shouldn't be doing that. It might be too risky. We're going to tell you what's risky and what's not because we're in charge. Are there still people left? I know you're an economist and I know you studied this and this is your life, but are there still enough people left in this country that do not know any cost to the bank is a cost to you, and these will translate into higher fees, more mm -hmm. removal of your money in savings and the rest of it. Are, are there still this many stupid people in my country? Well, I, I mean, it's hard because there's a political party that's completely denying it. You know, the, the Democrats basically want to say, oh, we'll impose all these regulations and there's going to be zero cost. And it's, you know, it's just crazy because on one hand, they're they're telling banks, oh, you can't offer all these services to poor people who need those services. So obviously that's a problem. They're, they're of course, protecting those people by not allowing them to have those services. Um, but then, as you said, like all these regulations, they build up the cost. They make banking and lending more expensive. They make it more costly for businesses to expand and build new facilities and hire new workers. And there are a bunch of economic studies that look at the impact and find, yeah, actually, when we increase regulations, it makes it harder to hire workers, especially low-skilled workers, and when we reduce regulations, it makes it easier to hire low-skilled workers. And so you think the left, if they actually care about inequality, if they actually care about people with low incomes, they would want to deregulate the banking system, but instead they just pretend that that doesn't exist and pretend it's not a problem. I'm going to take advantage of having you on because I don't get to talk to you enough. And I love you know you, what you've spent your life with. And one of your expertise is the World Bank. And when you see what's going on in uh, foreign policy and you realize that prior to the uh, Soviet Union war between Russia and Ukraine, we had a banking system that the American people were guaranteeing loans to some very scandalous individuals that became oligarchs. They are oligarchs. And have we ever been able to find out how many loans were taken out by former Soviet Union oligarchs now? and never paid, and the American people underwrite the World Bank and secure those loans, they're held harmless when they default. Is there ever been a study on how much money the American people, the poor people, because that's who pays for this, the working people the, the right. and the small businesses, the, the, the oligarchs in our country, they don't pay for jack. Has there ever <laughs> been a dollar amount of how much of the, of the loans to, to, to former Soviets that the American people paid off? 
Well, I, I think it's actually much worse than that because it's not just the Soviets. It's all these countries where, oh. you know, they lend to some country and then the dictator of that country takes all the money and gives it to his friends and then also buys a bunch of tanks with it so that he can solidify his place uh, and his government. And, you know, the, all the poor people in those countries pay the price. And so, there, there, so, you know, to be fair, there, there, was, there was a period when, or, or I should say, in some instances, the World Bank does a good job that they, they have conditions on, on these loans that the, the countries that borrow have to Im- implement some free market policies and get rid of regulations. And, and in a few cases, that has worked. But the problem is, there's really nothing that they can do when those countries don't implement those policies, when the dictator keeps all the money and then doesn't open his own uh, country open free markets, and he just defaults on the loans, and there's nothing the World Bank can do about it. And they say, you know, we'll write you a very strongly worded letter, but there's really no incentive for them to do a good job. It's, it's, I'm going to be very mad system. at you if you don't pay back this $2 billion. I mean, if you ever, right. I mean, even, you know, I, I, have you ever even heard of such a system like this? Yeah, and, and what, what, you know, what's the World Bank going to do? Like, tell them, like, oh, well, we're not going to lend to you if you don't pay back your loan. But that's their job, right? It's the World Bank's job to keep lending. And as you said, like, about some of that money comes from the American public and American taxpayers. And the World Bank just doesn't have any incentive to get it right. They have an incentive to just keep making these bad loans, keep our power and dictators in power. It's just a terrible system. When you heard uh, the usurper and thief, some call him president, I call him dimwit in diapers. When you heard him tell the oil companies, listen, I got good news for you. You got at least 10 years that we're going to let you stay in business. What level of fascism um, is, is is it going to take to trigger a national awakening that the government doesn't have the authority to do 80% of what it's doing, but what it's guaranteeing, it certainly doesn't have the power to do. Do you think that maybe that will shake some of the morons up? I mean, it's hard to tell. Like, I thought that the inflation that we had over the last couple of years was going to make people more critical of the Fed, but it hasn't worked as much. It was a big election issue this year, but I don't know if we'll have any change. And like you said about oil, you know, Biden ran on this campaign that we're going to stop oil production in the United States. You know, that, that was his message on the campaign trail. And then suddenly when oil prices went up, he, t- he changed his tune. You know, oh, well, the oil, the oil companies, they're evil and we need to make them produce more. And like, hey, you've just been saying about how terrible they are and you wanted to end that. And now you want them to produce more. It's just completely hypocritical. Right. And so, you know, of course, they're not going to start producing when you're threatening to destroy their entire industry. Um, but, but, yeah, like you said, it's something the government shouldn't even be involved with. You're obviously a man of character. Um, you were <laughs> rubbing elbows with the scoundrels in Caligula for nerds known as Washington, D.C., when you were the, uh, the, Senate com- the chief economist for the U.S. Senate Committee on Banking. Were you ever tempted to just get in the mix and go to K Street and buy the $6,000 suits and have the expense accounts with the hookers and the nine yards? What was it? that brought you back to your own uh, moral stance on the economy and Americanism. What separates Uh, you from 90% of the scoundrels in the (laughs) recession-proof Washington? So, yeah, you know, there are some good people in D.C., but also some not, not so good people. But, you know, when I when I went there and, and took that job as chief economist at the Senate Banking Committee, you know, I, I told them, um, look, I'm just going to give you my best opinion as an economist, Republican or Democrat. I'm going to tell you what I think is the best policy. And so that's kind of the rule that I stuck to, um, you know, and, and some of that had very good effects. And in fact, you know, 
Senator Shelby of Alabama, who was the, the chair of the banking committee at that time, he was actually you know very interested in free markets, and his his wife was an economist, and he, he was talking was critical about some of the, the things the Fed was doing. So I was pretty happy about that. But I personally, um, you know, had never uh, didn't consider being like a politician. I just told people like I'm going to give you the best opinion I can as an economist. Have you talked to Maxine Waters? Because I've got a hundred dollars says she can't balance a checkbook. Have you talked to her up close? Uh, I have not. I mean, I, I um, on the banking committee there were some. You know, Senator Warren is one on the committee that's pretty loud there. She's got high cheekbones. Uh, and- yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. Um, and so uh, you know, so some of the other senators that I uh, interacted with a little bit, they. Um, uh, you know, you, you see them on TV, and so some of their persona is the same in person, and some of it's a little bit different. Different, but I think there's there's just a big divide over, at least in terms of uh, financial regulation, that the the Republicans want less regulation and more markets, and the Democrats want more regulation and government control, and it's just a complete party split. Um, that one side, you know, wants people to produce and the economy to prosper and for people to live better lives and the other just wants to control everything about your life well now that i've got my inside guy i uh (laughs) remember reading that maxine waters husband who has a different last name owned a bank in compton and during the bailout i want to know if he got the check that was numbered zero 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 one or zero 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 two because i think the american people should be aware that what we're victims of is an inside game and it's time it comes to an end and i'm hoping that they will all read your articles where can they go to read your latest uh our website is aier.org and so we have articles there on um fed policy but also other um political and economic issues and things related to free markets and classical liberalism. Dr. Thomas Hogan, don't make it so long. Please come back. I've enjoyed it. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks a lot. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. This is the Sean Thompson show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. Nice. Little homage Vietnam era, right? Yeah. They were fighting the North Vietnamese. Now Vietnam identifies itself as Democrat Socialist, just like the American Democrat scourge and scum. Oh, but it's true. 58,000 boys killed for a lie, a government-perpetrated lie. Joe Biden, I have five deferments or six? I don't know. I can't tell. There's a lot of them. And now the government of America, along with the Federal Reserve, they're going to tax us, raise the costs on climate change. Rather than argue the validity of their argument, they use their corrupt judges to somehow make CO2 a pollutant. They're liars. It is a fundamental of photosynthesis, fundamental building block of our environment. But somehow they're going to use it as a weapon of control. And... um, Now you're going to tax us for the ramifications of climate damage? What happens when the government is the perpetrator of the largest climate damage ever recorded in history? If Germany, if if Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the the border of Ukraine uh, again, then uh, there will be be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We, We will bring an end to it. Now, if you're not a Democrat, 
If you're not a moron, if you didn't go to CPS and you can read or think or reason, you'll understand we blew up Nord Stream 2 and 1. We did it. We. And there were ramifications. Oh, yes, there were. It's likely to be the biggest burst of methane on record. Here, the gas can be seen bubbling up to the surface, following what is widely suspected to be sabotage of the underwater Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipelines. Methane is the main component of natural gas, and it's responsible for roughly 30% of the rise in global temperatures, causing environmental watchdog Greenpeace to sound the alarm. Now, whether you agree or disagree with the premise, one thing's for certain, the American government perpetrated an ecological disaster that nature couldn't have. Once again, as their policies do, as we send off third world uh, lithium mining that is destroying the earth, biomass, which is chopping down forests to pretend you're substituting coal and the rest of it. Who's going to pay for that? Who? It isn't going to be Bill Gates. What do you say to the charge that if you are a climate change campaigner, but you also travel around the world on a private jet, you're a hypocrite? Well, I, I by the gold standard of funding Climeworks to do direct air capture that far exceeds my family's carbon footprint. And I spend billions of dollars on, on climate innovation. It's good that you were around. Who did he steal the idea from? Was it Steve Jobs or IBM? It wasn't his. It was somebody else's. I know we're supposed to think he's great. And then we're going to turn over the rebuilding of our environment, of our economy to the government. Really? The same government that destroys every area, every municipality, every county, every once great city. We're, they're going to they're gonna help us? rebuild anything can they even get a job right a single job san francisco which is unfortunately the poop capital of the world <laughs> wanted to build a single a single public outdoor toilet the bid came in at 1.7 million dollars for a toilet and it would take three years to build then a company came along and said you know what we're going to donate it and pay for the installation so donation of the thing itself and insulation oh there you save 1.7 million dollars this is what the problem I have with government. Honey Bunny, did you beep this clip? All right, we're going to have to stop it. The cost, said the, I think, San Francisco Chronicle, isn't the project. It's project management. Yeah. In other words, uh, it would still cost $1.2 million, even though the thing itself and the installation was free. Why? Construction management, engineering fees, permits, civic design review, surveys, contract preparation, cost estimate. This is the bull dung that government perpetrates. The toilet itself free. Installation free. Government still pays itself $1.2 million for one. This is the government that's going to build the infrastructure. Now you know why the crack-smoking sister-in-law banging son of this dimwit in diapers gypsy some call president is worth millions of dollars this is a fracking scam and you're going to turn over the ecological environment to this institution of corruption this mafia government this gangster government it's not going to come out well that's for certain craig mount greenwood 
Hey, Sean, thanks for taking my call. I'm seeing a pattern here, and I'm going to have so? a question for you. We're putting it together? We, can, we right. line it up so even the Democrats could figure it out, the stupid idiots? Yeah. Oh, no, but I'm talking about even like when they cover up Lauren Boebert, uh, she was talking to those uh, four uh, numbskulls and everything like that. But here's the thing, whether whether it was uh, Brandon Clapper, Comey, and all that stuff like that, and now with these guys here from thing, there's a pattern here. They all, all these people got amnesia. None of them remember anything. Whenever they're being asked anything in that, they never remember anything. And that, if my memory serves me correctly, Jim Baker, who was the uh, attorney at lies for the Hold FBI, up. he went Hold over up. to Twitter to be the attorney of lies for Twitter. These mm-hmm. people are so intertwined and they teach each other how to lie and, 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 and get, get away. Are we ever going to be able to get anywhere with any kind of investigations or anything when these people just sit there and all they do when they commit crimes is say, well, I don't remember. I not don't remember from the government. Not from the government as it stands, which is why you need to separate and secede from the Democrat sewers of corruption where it lives and thrives and continues on the trajectory of failure and fraud like the sewer of Chicago in the state of Illinois. You're going to have to leave it, brother. Sorry, there's only one conclusion. And we, as a people, need to go to the good states and shore it up to make sure the cancer of the Marxist mafia doesn't destroy those states. That's the answer. It's really quite simple. And if you have faith in bureaucracies, well, then you're either delusional or you're in on the scam. During the course of my service, I've ran countless investigations. In the past few years, I've never seen so much effort from the FBI, the partisan media, and some of my Democrat colleagues. Now, when a senator, who sounds like he's 240, but is probably in his 70s, tells you he's never seen something, that's some time, baby. To interfere with and undermine very legitimate congressional inquiries. It's because of a triad of disinformation and outright falsehoods. As one example, look at Crossfire Hurricane. Bit by bit, piece by piece, it's been deconstructed and shown to be politically motivated investigation, which it was. We all know now that it was the Democratic National Committee, along with the Clinton campaign, who colluded with the Russians. They used a former Russian spy, Fusion GPS, and law firm to create a fake dossier and then tried to cover it up. And the fact that we are turning over more. More and more to this corrupt government. More money, more power, more control. And all they need is a different excuse, a different fear factor of the sky is falling, and the cult of safety, the Fourth Reich, will turn over every freedom. And it's not their own. Who cares what they do? They're useless anyway. They're willing to turn over yours. And that's how you destroy entire states, like every one that they're in charge of. Lee and Hammond. Hey, Sean. Hey, uh, you know, on this climate change scam, I was reading about this over 30 years ago after the 92 Rio conference. Their, pu- their own publications, they came right out and said that the big the big thing they're, they're concerned about is the middle class lifestyle that we've got in this country. They claimed it was too, uh, uh, the, the resources required for that kind of lifestyle were unsustainable for 7 billion people around the planet. Everybody yes. wants to have the things that we've got in this country. So they would use the idea of man-made climate change as a cudgel to actually just force everybody into this austerity thing to get rid of the middle class. They admitted it in their own, in their own documents back then. 
They've identified you know, the problem, and it's humanity. I, who was the one that wrote the book about the bird not singing anymore, the dimwit, who, who, who single-handedly destroyed DDT, which saved hundreds of millions, if not billions of lives? Remember that? That was way back in the 60s. And if you remember, Lee, the big thing in the 70s when I grew up was the Ice Age. Oh, it's going to be an Ice Age. Cold, hot. It's like, uh, what's that thing? Goldilocks and the Three Bears. What's just right? Oh, I know what's just right. The kind of corruption you see in Africa. The United States will commit $55 billion to Africa over the next three years, a White House official has said. It's not $55 billion to help the people who can't find toilet paper or plumbing. It's the $55 billion to the slave masters who run and ruin Africa. The only place, by the way, where there's still slaves, open slaves. I guess you could do Saudi Arabia, but they're married to their cousin. They don't have much going for them. Aside from oil. Uh, Kevin, Austin, Texas. Sean, for the people that are stuck in Illinois, I think what would help is if you have somebody, a big conservative activist, who could cut a large check, pay for the suburbs, especially DuPage County, to find or identify and find the conservative voters, especially guys who listen to you, uh, so they can go out and get those ballots. Good money after bad. You can't audit the election. They're scum and thieves, and they have been since Al Capone controlled Cicero. Come on, Kevin. Stop selling that nonsense from Austin, Texas. 312-642-5600. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. My wife gets mad. Let him talk. I let him, I know what he's going to say, rinse and repeat, and he's doing it from another state. The real advice, the true advice is when you could willfully elect a slob of a human being, Somebody who's on hours of FBI tape with a convicted governor from Illinois. Somebody who's interwoven with the Chicago Mafia Democrats as governor that easily. Run, Forrest, run. I'm not going to sell you that nonsense. I, 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 I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. You're going to stay in the sewer? Here's the only good thing coming out of Chicago. The only good thing was from an innocent kid who was left for dead. This is the only good thing in that whole city right now. That's right, Diane and Terrell. Terrell, as you mentioned, we heard from Dakota early for the first time this morning. He says he's moving forward after that violent attack, but he's also reflecting on that horrific night. I think what's changed is to, I guess, be a lot more careful and pay attention to your surroundings a lot more. I mean, yeah, that person, you know, did that to me, but I mean, I'm definitely mad or sad about it, but like... It's just, I'm going to have to move on from it. Early was ambushed and shot in the head several times as he was walking in Lincoln Park back in May. Today, attorneys for Early filed a civil rights lawsuit against the city of Chicago, arguing the crime could have been prevented. They believe the city's non-pursuit policy created dangerous conditions on the streets, which led to Early's attack. The 24-year-old culinary arts student became the target of violent thieves who had been on a crime spree for days, stealing vehicles and robbing people while armed with weapons. At the time, 
Chicago police said nine incidents were connected between May 4th and May 6th, which was the day Early was shot. Tyshawn Brownlee has been charged with attempted murder. Early's attorneys say police were pursuing him earlier that night and called it off. If the police had continued their pursuit of Mr. Brownlee and his stolen BMW, it would have prevented this entire chain of events and the disaster that happened to Dakota within just an hour later. Finally, a lawyer I agree with. He's named Lori Lightfoot. The city is formerly great city of Chicago, now a sewer because of the leadership of the Democrat mafia. In a suit that I hope he gets a billion dollars for that good kid who was on his way to work, got shot by savages who are protected by the government instead of protecting the kid. Finally, a lawyer I can agree with outside of mine who breaks the toilet seat at the Elmhurst Cigar House. Uh, Jim in Crown Point. Hey, Sean. So the Indiana State Senate gave us our cell signal. You brought us up to speed. Uh, if we can't possibly afford Naples, would you prefer the Panhandle or the Peninsula? It's funny. I uh, Early on when I first came down here, I was going to open up a, another place with a lawyer uh, in Destin, Florida, which is called the Emerald Coast. It's magnificent. It just gets cold for me. There's all good areas. There's all good areas. But the thing is, you, you get the most you can, right? You buy the worst house on the best block. That's the rule. You buy the worst house on the best block. But you go to the state that protects your freedom, your liberty, your property rights. You go to any state that Amen, protects brother. Americanism. You know, there's a lot out there, brother. You, you don't have to come here, but I prefer it because I look phenomenal in a Speedo. In the meantime, Jim, I hope you do the right thing and you find your utopia. You have one life. We're working on it. Don't give it away to these scourge politicians, these extortionists, this Marxist mafia government. Thank you, Jim. That's it? I gotta go. That's, that's another hour? Another hour? All right. We only got uh, one left. Fastest show on radio. And it's not for the Marxist scourge Fourth Reich members that destroy everything they touch. It's just for us. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now... With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. The Trojan horse of corruption is... Organized labor mafia is called unions. Sorry, it just is. I've been a party to a couple of them. The concept, the idea, I don't have a problem with. People who get together to produce and achieve more and make money, I don't have a problem with that. That's not what unions are. They are vestibules of corruption. It's that simple. They were on their ass prior to Joe Biden usurping the office. They only existed where there were no competition in government. The private sector, I think they were at their 6%, lowest in 70 years. Because the worker who wants to achieve and earn and become something doesn't need the union. Only mafia members who want to avoid competition need them. That's why they thrive in government. This is a well-known fact. It's why one of arguably the most socialist presidents in American history rejected them for their corruption. His name was FDR. And he knew that it would lead to ultimate Corruption, because you're not negotiating against that somebody who wants to save money. You're negotiating somebody who needs votes. 
That's why municipal unions thrive. And the result is those great cities around the country that are now hellholes like Chicago. My next guest is Mark Mix, government workers and the president of National Right to Work Committee. Do you believe that? In this country, we need a National Right to Work Committee. Because if you don't have it, you have the labor extortion mafias that thrive. Mark, thank you for joining me. How are you? I'm doing fine, Sean, and it sounds like you're just as intense as always. So it's good to hear that you still have the energy and the, and the passion for what you're doing here. Yeah, I don't get intimidated. I get inspired. And <laughs> I've got to, I want to leave a dent, brother, because I've watched as these communist sympathizers from one form of collectivism to another have destroyed the youngest and the richest country. And they're winning. So we have to push back. And I love organizations like yours that are doing just that. So here in Florida, there was a major dent to the, to the teacher unions, the variety of them around the nation. Ron DeSantis said, I will not take out the dues of teachers. They're going to have to sit down and write their own check. It immediately was a drop in membership of, of, of teachers around this state. And I loved it because most people are extorted. Most good people don't want to be in a rigged game. Let the bad people already take the states they've destroyed. That's my ideology. Tell me where I'm wrong. Well, you're not wrong, Sean, and the evidence proves it again and again and again. When you look at just the, the states that allow a free choice for workers, the idea of a right-to-work law, which says you have every right to join a union, as you said, to join together to amplify your voice, to increase the power you may have in the workplace, that's protected under federal law, and not many people disagree with that. But the notion of forcing workers into unions, forcing them to pay dues or fees in order to get or keep a job, is an anathema to most Americans and, frankly, to most union members around the country because they know exactly what it does. When union officials cannot be held accountable, when they can take money out of your pocket because they can, because you can't work if, they, if you don't let them, then corruption sets in. It was Senator John McClellan back in the Landrum-Griffin hearings back at the end of the 1950s, early 1960s, that he said that corruption and compulsion go hand in hand. And no better case study, Sean, as you point out, than the government sector workers where it's got, they're negotiating with politicians who they fund uh, their campaigns and sit on the same side of the table as them. And those states that have the most of it are the states that have the worst of it. And yes. that's really where Chicago is and where California is and New York and Illinois and New Jersey and Connecticut, where their power is enhanced, the corruption of government goes up and the problems continue. In states like Florida, Ron DeSantis, that's the right policy. Why should the government be deducting dues and sending it to a private organization in order for them to have a contract or deal with the state of Florida? It's the right policy and it's a winner. And the destruction to the American manufacturing sector has really yeah. been the result of this corrupt quasi-private entity because when you look at the big unions that destroyed the American car market, for example, the UAW, it's almost comical how many of them, how every six months there's another scandal, another fraud. And when you go to these big union halls, these teamsters, these buffoons, and you see in those union headquarters, those are mafia social clubs. I mean, are, are we supposed to ignore what our own eyes see? They're not working. They're corrupting. The only time they're ever there is when they have to stop off to pick up a check or make themselves look busy or if they're stooping their secretary. I'm sick of pretending that uh, reality is somehow different. They exist on corruption. That's the only thing they produce. And the workers would be far better off and the achievement would be far greater. We know this. Why is it not taking hold in this country? 
Well, because of political power. I mean, this is labor policy that goes back almost 100 years that grants them these special privileges that no other organization has. And, Sean, when you talk about manufacturing, you talk about once the strength of Illinois, uh, for example, you look at the right-to-work states. In the last decade, from 2011 to 2021, the percentage growth in right-to-work states of manufacturing jobs, 9.3%. The percentage growth in forced unionism states, negative 0.5%. So there's a reason why people are ending up in Florida and Texas and and Michigan now where that's a right to work state and others that have the 27 states that have right to work laws. The economic data is just you can't argue it anymore and union officials can't argue even the pay. I mean, you can't argue that either. What you can argue is that the power that private sector unions and specifically to your point, Sean, the public sector, the government sector unions have is destroying those once bastions of all of this manufacturing work and growth. And when you go back to the 1940s, 1950s, 1960s. I mean, the story in Illinois, it it couldn't be worse there. I mean, they literally, Sean, and you know this, Amendment 1 literally prohibits the legislature in Springfield from ever passing a right-to-work law, and it holds in place all of the protections that are written into the statutes right now for government unions, the wages, conditions of employment, the hours, none of that can be diminished now because the Constitution in Illinois says you can't do it. So if there's a glide slope to destruction, Illinois is on it, and they're the farthest along on it. And the only place you see this dimwit in diapers pretending to be president, the only man in the history of this country that could not get a job in any of the businesses in the country, the most powerful man in the country, Joe Biden, he's always giving the speeches from the union halls. And I can't help but notice, not the physiques, just the physiques, but they all have clean hard hats, and they're all loyalists, and that's how they regain power, that's how they retain power, this is how we, how can we beat it, when they have the step and fetch, willful slave because they're in on the scam and they know it's a scam and they would vote for a toad if the union bosses told them to do it so how do you beat a system of corruption that would make brezhnev smile from hell how do you how do you beat it well there's it's a difficult job and it's one that comes battling probably the biggest political player in the country i mean if you take out zuckerberg and you take out soros Next in line for spending the most on politics is organized labor. And, and it's not what the rank and file union members want. It's what the bosses want and what they have to have. Because when you rely on government for your power and privilege, you have to play in politics. And that's where unions are today. They're spending anywhere from, we can, we can document $2 billion without breaking a sweat that they spend every two years on elections. This past two-year cycle, it's probably even more. We got it up to about $12 billion of what they're spending in politics because their power is a derivative of government action. How do we solve it? Well, you, you, you got to send people like Joe Biden who talk only about, quote, union rank-and-file workers. He is the most pro-forced unionism president in American history, not the most pro-union president, because if he was, then the operating engineers that were working on the Keystone Pipeline wouldn't be on the unemployment line. The, the, the hard hats who are working in the oil fields in the energy business wouldn't be on the unemployment line because those union jobs apparently weren't the right union jobs for Joe Biden and the union boss masters that donated to his campaign. My favorite is Frank Sharon, the the old teamster, gangster government. Wrote the, he wrote the the book. I hear you paint houses. He 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 directly is speaking of Joe Biden, how he's how he's been an owned asset uh, since the seventies, and yet here he sits in this position of power. But how is it legal? And I'm I mean this when you hide and defraud the people, they call them pensions. They are not pensions. They are corrupt agreements. A pension is only payable on the return of investment. 
These municipal workers have been established as gods among men, where they can tax not just the people, but the existing workers. In each one of these agreements, it is the obligation of municipalities, of county governments, state governments, and the rest of it, and these Democrats, that they have to pay the pensioners on an agreement. It has nothing to do with the money invested. The money is irrelevant, which is why they can continue to steal, and they can tax the non-union member, and they cannot pay the worker in order to pay the pensioner. I mean, this is the greatest scam in economic history, as far as I'm concerned. But the people want in on it more than they want to break it in these stronghold states. So how is it legal to tax non-union members to pay union workers? Well, it wasn't in 1933 when they introduced this idea, this concept. It went through the House and the Senate, and Roosevelt signed it, and the Supreme Court struck it down as being a violation of the Constitution and the Tenth Amendment and all these other things that you could you could throw at it. Well, Roosevelt didn't give up. He put he teed up the bill again in 35 and ran it through the House, ran it through the Senate, and, and signed it himself, and then sent a message over to the Chief Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court, Charles Evans Hughes, and says, you know what? If you don't get this thing right, there'll be six, six new Supreme Court court justices by the time you wake up in the morning. And Chief Justice Charles Evan Hughes changed his vote as well as Owen Roberts did, and they won. And forced unionism became a statutory privilege and power of union officials. And from that, the, the story only gets worse. And when you talk about the public pension, Sean, you know, if you look at the right-to-work states and the non-right-to-work states, in, ni- in 2021, the last year that we got the total of all the unfunded pension liabilities, forced unions in states, the unfunded liability per capita for people in those states that have forced unionism, $31,914. In the right-to-work states, it's still an unfunded liability, but it's about $18,000. So 45% higher in states that have compulsory unionism arrangements for government employees. I mean, the numbers just don't work. And in Illinois, they're going to run out of time. In fact, they're running out of time right now. If you look at the tax revenue in Illinois it, after COVID, post-COVID, um, it's, like a, it's like a reverse hockey stick. It's really, oh, really serious. Yeah. And the only way they get businesses in there is they pay them to come in there. They call them grants, but they're just giveaways. And they're hoping that they get in on their union scam to perpetrate the continued fraud. But ultimately, it's destroyed the quality of life. It's destroyed the the ad valorem system, which is the covenant between government and, mm-hmm. and property owner. They don't pay taxes on the value of their property. They pay it on the cost of corruption. And, uh, you know, they're waking up and they're moving out, and that's great. But ultimately, they will Admit what they are, a welfare state. So doesn't the rest of the country have to cut ties that bind them to this open and notorious corruption, which could only live in the Democrat-run sewers because the Democrats themselves are arbitrators of this mafia? It's You can't commingle with it anymore, and the rules don't matter. We won the Janus decision. It didn't mean guts on goal. They pass an amendment, and, and, and they lie to the people. They can openly lie, and they profit from it. So at this point, don't you just have to secede? <laughs> well, you know, I, there are those that think that uh, my task and my priority and my passion is trying to help individual workers and lots of workers across the country try to exercise their rights and win precedents that cover all workers, like the Janus decision. You're right, Sean. I mean, we argued that case at the U.S. Supreme Court. The National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation argued the case on behalf of Mark Janus from Illinois, ironically, and uh, and won the case. But immediately, we're dealing with the case right now. In fact, here's another Biden administration unbelievable fact. The 
Federal Labor Relations Authority, which is a three-member board that governs government union relations and the 2200 bargaining agreements that exist in federal government, is proposing a rule that will recognize your First Amendment right to get out of the forced payment of dues and, and get rid of your dues checkoff, but they'll give you 24 hours to do that, Sean. That means your First Amendment right exists for 24 hours every year. If you miss it, guess what? You're in for another 364 or 65 days, depending on a leap year or not. So that's going to be a new rule. We had won a rulemaking that basically said under the Trump administration, it said, if once you say no and that, that one year expires, they can never collect money from you again unless you tell them they can. And But you're right. I mean, they just they run around the law, even a Supreme Court case that had the impact of freeing every government employee in America from being forced to pay dues as a condition of working for their government. Now, when I was... Uh involved in all of that shenanigans they used to drive around in these big buick roadmasters these big fat slobs and they'd shake down the workers i'm wondering uh, do they still have those half-assed gangsters as business agents and presidents or have they become the transgender freak show that rachel levine would thrive in what do the public sector unions look like do they still look like a social club in some short in the pants irish neighborhood what is going on with the higher-ups there well, they kind of look like Randy Weingarten, the president of the American oh. Federation of Teachers. I mean, she is angry. She's just angry, frankly. Well, and she has, she has no guys. children. Yeah. Well, yeah, she has. Well, actually, she's married to a, a female rabbi. Um, oh, and uh, yeah, with no kids, with no sure. kids. And uh, but she's in charge of, of making policy for educating the children in America. And she is a radical. She's a radical, radical from a standpoint of socialist Marxist perspective. And, and yet somehow she has the final voice when it comes to uh, what? Well, not the final voice, but a voice, a significant voice in opening up the schools again after COVID and the White House deferring to her and the CDC deferring to her. That's the picture of the unions. And, you know, Sean, to your point, the pic- that picture is driving the, the, the separation between rank-and-file workers, hardworking rank-and-file workers, and union officials wider and wider and wider all the time. But it's this power, this government-granted power, that unfortunately keeps these people in. Again, the operating engineers. I mean, if you're running a D9 bulldozer in Nebraska working on the Keystone Pipeline, you're on the unemployment line because your union boss used your money to politically support a president that told him oh, the, the that he was going to put you on the unemployment line. Yeah, I got a, I got have a brother that's a, a union guy, and he, he, they always get the cigar. They have nobody that represents them. They steal the money and they give it to the Democrats, and he hates it. But he needs the work. He's got kids, yep. you know. So you you really put these guys into a Soviet style extortion racket. And then when you look at uh, the federal government, you took a meathead from Boston, a failure on every account, except when it comes to shakedown unions by the name of Marty Walsh. And you put him in charge of the economic sector of of the Biden administration. The reality is this. We're going to have to wait for this dimwit to get thrown out of office one way or the other. And until then, it's just going to be the trajectory of all the Democrat mafia hellholes. Have I missed something? No, but with the, Marty Walsh is leaving. He's going to run the uh, the union movement for the uh, NHL Players Association, the Hockey League. He's going to Come be the, uh, in charge of. No, I'm not kidding you. Look it up. Look it up. Sure on. You're behind Canadians. the scenes. Good for those Canadians, then. You get what you deserve. It's about time we shave them a little bit. They're going to love that gangster from Boston. Uh, Where can my people go to keep an eye on you, support you, and help you fight back against the extortion mafia that is the unions? Where can they go? Well... I want them to keep an eye on you too, Sean. I worry about your blood pressure, but that's you. Oh, they can I, go to the, that amazing internet. 
Yeah, they, I know. The Amazing Internet, uh, www.nrtw.org, www.nrtw.org. And they can get questions answered about their rights in the workplace, and they can talk to an attorney for free. That's what we do. We have about 200 active cases at any given time on behalf of employees, and we provide free legal help to those workers. Mark Mix, I hope you live a year longer than I do, because I know if you're putting up the fight, at least we got a chance. Thank you so much for joining me. Stay angry, my friend. Thanks, Sean. I'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. You cannot compromise with corruption. This is the most important thing to take away. You cannot get along with a thief. He will steal from you. This Bill Maher clip is the, I'm telling you, this is the greatest example of why you can never straighten out a corrupt government. San Francisco, which is unfortunately the poop capital of the world, (laughs) wanted to build a single, a single public outdoor toilet. The bid came in at $1.7 million for a toilet, and it would take three years to build. Then a company came along and said, you know what, we're going to donate and pay for the installation. So donation of the thing itself and installation. Oh, there you save $1.7 million. This is the problem I have with government. The cost, said the, I think, San Francisco Chronicle, isn't the project. It's project management. Yeah. In other words, uh, it would still cost $1.2 million, even though the thing itself and the installation was free. Why? Construction management, engineering fees, permits, civic design review, surveys, contract preparation, cost estimate. This is corruption. You cannot commingle. You cannot get along with it. You can't give the ultimate product. That's why when you hear infrastructure bill, Chips and Science Act, and Gatsangul, you're getting the scroogey unless you're in on it. You can't get along with it. John Lincolnwood. Oh, my God. John, how are you? Very good. It's been such a long time. I missed you. I know. Hey, listen, I need some advice. I'm trying to figure out who to vote for, for the mayor, and I need your help. I, I don't like Chewy because he's union, and I don't like Lori, and I don't like, I don't know who that other communist is, but what do you think of Willie Wilson? I don't like him. I, don't, I think you have different versions of the same problem. And when there's a Democrat there, I'm going to tell you what, you're in Lincolnwood. It's a good neighborhood. So will you can. That's my advice to you. Why would you take out of your time? You know, Honey Bunny, her significant other, went to vote. He wears bifocals. He put his sunglasses on. He turned around. He voted. By the time he turned around, the sunglasses were gone. That's why an act of futility isn't just picking a Democrat. Why would you put yourself in harm's way? Go get a sandwich. Lincolnwood still has that hot dog joint. Go to that place. What are you, crazy? You're wasting your time, brother. I appreciate it, and I want the best for you, which is why I'm giving you the advice I'd give you if you were my brother. You know, it's, you're too good for that sewer of corruption, as everybody listening know, to the show. Hey, Sean, when are we going to have a cigar, man, huh? When you come down here, babe, I'll take you to burn. You'll love it. Thank you, babe. Cream Puff Jim. Hi, Sean. I guess Trump stepped out another pedophile. He's got pictures of your governor with a couple of young babes back 20 years ago. Well, I he guess was a young he was man very... himself 20 years ago. you got to keep in mind, DeSantis is only 40-something, isn't he? 
Like, I know what I mean. What the girl said when he came to Paris, what's this old dude doing here? Well, you know, maybe he could give look. the Jake LaMotta. But anyway, he didn't look but like Trump, that but, Friday, but, Yeah, but, yeah. but Trump, Trump sniffed him out. He's definitely a pedophile. Of course, that's his uh, number one uh, competition, yeah. so I'm not surprised. Well, Trump, Trump does have a good record. I mean, after all, he's the only one of the oligarchs that was a Democrat that threw out Jeffrey Epstein. Your guy, Biden, I'll tell you what, he's a, he's got a little bit of a child-sniffing problem if you pay attention to him. What's on the menu tonight there, big guy? What do you got going on? Well, today it looks like uh, today I'm on a starvation diet because oh, the check the check doesn't get her the check doesn't get her though. Do me a favor, Monday, Monday with your iPhone that the city still pays for. When you go to Portillo's and you order a sack of dogs, could you take a picture of the kid's face? I want to see the confusion. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. I'm too fat. He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM 560, The Answer. AM 560, The Answer. Like Chuck Connors. Do you know, Squirrel, you're young. Chuck Connors was an actor, hell of a guy. They cast him as Geronimo because he had high cheekbones. Just like Elizabeth Warren. Got her education and jobs. She had high cheekbones. I love that. Eh, you can't make it up. You know, I've done you a big favor. See, easy radio is to take everything these dimwits say and just play them and talk about the absurdity of them. But I want to save you the aggravation of even hearing the voices of the scum. So let's, uh, let's break that rule. Most Americans are of the view that uh, um, we've gotten this has gotten too mean. It's gotten too uh, too uh, personal, gotten too divisive. See, now I think mean is when you take away a person's liberty, freedom, businesses. I think mean is when you tell people they have to be under house arrest when you've been lying the whole time. See, I think that's mean. I think mean is taking forty. 50%. If, you, if the person who you're taking it from doesn't know you're taking sales tax on top of it, really 70% of a man's hard-earned dollar. That's mean. And I think it's mean to give it around to your fat-ass, half-ass gangsters in your mafia unions. I think that's mean. I think the real mean thing is corruption. The real mean thing is giving people no choice. An illusion of a republic. The mean people are the Democrat, fascist, Fourth Reich scum. In diapers and out. That's what's mean. Calling it out and identifying it, that's not mean. That's just the truth. And they don't like the truth. They prefer the beautiful lie to the ugly truth of what Joe Biden, the Democrats in Chicago, the Democrats in New Jersey, in New York, the Democrats in California, the Democrats that would do something like this for a second time in three weeks. Another New Jersey council person was shot and killed yesterday. We told you how 51-year-old Russell Heller was gunned down next to his car outside a PSE&G office in Somerset. Now you remember the 30-year-old black Republican who was shot. Was it even two weeks ago? See, that's mean and divisive. So you can't fight rough and tumble with somebody who wants to just do Marcus of Queensberry. See, the Republicans, they want to do Marcus of Queensberry. You're fighting rough and tumble. And if you don't know what that means, look up the Ulster Scots. And the real reason the West was won. It's not because they fought Marcus of Queensberry. And neither do I. Dr. Dave. 
Hey, Sean. First, I want to thank every police officer that came out to Bourbon Street last night and just hung out nonchalantly to protect the joint. So thanks to all of our, our buddies in blue. Okay? That is wonderful, yes. And what we came up with is this is really important. The new curriculum for every school board across the entire state of Illinois is a common, common platform is going to be the constitutional curriculum. Don't waste any time on CRT. No more of the sexualization stuff. We're going to teach these kids the Constitution with mathematics, science, and English. And you're going to do this in the public school system? That's what we're going to do. It's going to be the common platform for everybody running for school board across the entire state. The constitutional curriculum, you can't go wrong with the Constitution. So I talked to Christine today. I was going to help her redo the venue because my understanding was there wasn't a meeting. Was there a meeting and it just was not publicized or, or, or do they need well, we ended up with having another like, venue? Like, yeah, basically everybody who was a wimp didn't show up and we had about 40 Patriots there last night. All right. Well, I want to have one where we have about 600 to 1,000. So if I can put Perfect. that together, are you in on that? Of course, sir. Are you kidding me? I, right. I have five constitutional oaths. I'm dedicated to protecting this country. I love it. All right. Well, stay stay tuned. In the meantime, thank you for the update. I truly appreciate it. And say hello to everybody who showed up who believes in the principles of Americanism. And tell them I'm mad that Antifa wasn't going to give me a little time for to fly in, okay? You got it. Thanks, Sean. Thank you very much. We'll get those helmets a little marked up. Can't help but notice those Antifa guys, they got the black outfit, black helmet. Black helmet's all clean. Like the hard like the hard hats for the municipal workers. Clean is a whistle. The only thing dirty on them is the shirts from eating beef sandwiches. Eric in Schomburg. Hey Sean, great show. Thank you, brother. My my comment is on the story before the uh, guest on the union. By the way, he's uh, he was a great guest. You always come up with great guests somehow. That's my lovely honey anyway, bunny squirrel. But thank you. Well, really, honey bunny. But go ahead. He, he's awesome as well. So I, I listened to the story about a student getting shot in Chicago. So I go to Google to try to get more information because I like to be accurate when I tell stories. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I put in there, you know, student shot Chicago. In 15, the first 15 stories is cop shoots student. Uh, Chicago police shoot student. It, I could not find the story that you were referencing. Um, how does Google do it? How does Google, how do they do it? How do they, they, they filter out? Uh, it's just, it's so frustrating. Google, it, it Google Amazon, Apple, all have, and Microsoft, all have massive contracts with the government. So they are going to take the. But, but how do they do it? Do they have do they have worker B, uh, they have, Google bots or do they is it a yeah. technology? How can they filter it out? Which is, you can't well, because find the we're ignorant. We're ignorant to uh, re- the real advancements of uh, artificial intelligence and how it, simply entering a, a command order can forever change the, the trajectory of information. We're ignorant to that because you and I were busy working and having a life. But while that's right, been going on right. for the last thirty years, we are at the destination where serfdom leads this is it and they are the oligarchs which is why they are protected from government because they work in conjunction with the corrupt american government the same one that would blow up nord stream 2 create the largest eco disaster in history and then charge me and you for polluting because we breathe that's why amen brother amen right, brother. thanks for the show i appreciate it i mean thanks for calling the show i appreciate it brother thank you 
Dave in Orland Park. Once a great, I used to have relatives who lived in Orland Park. It was like going to the country. I don't think it's like that anymore. How are you, Dave? Hey, Sean. Yeah, it's it's nice down here at Orland Park. We have the right kind of mayor. Yeah, a non-Democrat but, mafia member. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Very never rare. never make it past Orland Park because of that, but yeah, he's got yeah. the right ideas. But anyway, I want to let you know about uh, how the governor spent his uh, time after uh, Christmas in the Bahamas at his uh, Hyatt Hotel. Oh, good. Because uh, normally him and his wife come down to the east coast of Florida, and the locals think manatees swam up on shore. They keep trying to push him back in. What else? Oh, so they went to the Bahamas? Oh, well, yeah, his place down there, uh, yeah. I'm, suppo- I'm assuming he stays for free at his own hotel, but uh, my uh, daughter and her family were down there, and they have uh, pictures of him sitting Ooh. at the casino for five, six hours a night. Really? Drinking and a gambling? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Every, I'm not you, sure you know, what he's drinking, but he's uh, he was definitely at the craps table and uh, and uh, various other places. And uh, they said they left, went to dinner, came back. He was still there. It was you know, about five or six hours he had elapsed. Well, here's the just thing. Down Dave, here. You said stay for free. This this man never earned a dollar. His entire life is for free. When they say right. he spends money, he doesn't spend his money. He's not a man like me and you. He spends good old Grandpa Abe. And the legacy of corruption that is the Pritzker fortune. In the meantime, I hope he lost it all. Thank you very much, Dave. He who gambles lives in shambles. It's a great expression. In the meantime, can you ever go broke when your good old Grandpa Abe was a asset of the old fellas? Anybody ask how he financed all those properties way back when there was no disclosure? Hmm. Hmm. I wonder who the banker was. Was it the waiter or was it a bank? Oh, I say it was the waiter. And if you don't know who that is, you can look it up. When I get back, I'm going to take Lloyd and Gary, Indiana. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Oh, yeah. Turn it up. I might have to go hit the back. Nice. I'm going to put one of those Antifa helmets on top of the bag. See how many shots I got to give it to knock it off. Nice. Antifa. Bob Creamer. Talk about a guy who, and his wife, the inspiration is a dimmer switch. Jan Schakowsky. Looks like a transgendering Dustin Hoffman. Rich Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean. How you doing tonight? Splendid. How are you? Good. Listen, Sean, you know I why I'm doing good? Because when I go home... I don't even know anybody that looks like Jan Schakowsky. Woof. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> what I wanted to say, I saw this small interview with this hillbilly uh, Jim uh, Carvel, and he was Jim calling Car- the Republican. Oh, you're talking about that? The guy with the, blah, 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 with the Carvel. voice, he looks like a taffy. Yeah, the moron. Yeah. 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 He was calling uh, Republicans white trash because of their response to uh, Biden, the State of the Union, when he... Uh, when they were calling him a liar because he uh, said they were going to cancel Social Security and Medicare. Yeah. Isn't this guy the pot uh, calling the kettle black? Well, I don't know. I mean, first of all, it's an interesting comment because when I think of trash, I think of the Chicago Evening News. When I think of yeah. trash, I think of the all the neighborhoods that are run by Democrats, regardless of the color of people that are in them. What's trash yeah. is are the neighborhoods that are built by Democrats, the architects of ghettos. So Jim Carville, to me, he's trash. He looks like trash. He sounds like trash. I don't. Once again, I don't know anybody as ugly as Carville. Um, so it's interesting. 
I think that I know, Jim Carville, I, it takes trash to no trash. So he might be right. I don't know. I wouldn't dirty my shoes. <laughs> I wouldn't dirty my shoes with Washington. Thank you very much. I yeah. appreciate it, Rich. Lloyd in Gary, Indiana. Hey, Sean. Hey, I had a comment on or a question, too, on this Biden balloon thing, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, didn't uh, Trump create Space Force? They said this thing's floating at 60,000 feet. Well, 32,000 feet, you can start to see the curvature of the Earth. That thing's pretty well up there. Yeah. Did the Democrats kill Space Force? or Wasn't it the guy still- who started uh, uh, Star Trek, Roddenberry? Isn't he the one that really started Space Force? After all, I think they share the <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, uh, the point I'm trying to make. Gene Roddenberry, right? The point I'm trying to make is, you know, they said in World War One, the person that controls the skies controls the ground. You know? Yeah, I, 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 like I said, Lloyd, I never was a was. I didn't think the balloon was a problem. That's not what we have to worry about. We have to worry about the asset of the Communist Party in the White House. That's the problem. The Democrats that are owned by the Chinese Communist Party and the Republicans. We have to worry about the idea that we've been. Victims of the Communist Party owning 400,000 farming acres aside from major buildings throughout our cities, in particular Chicago. Remember the dailies in Chinese investment? See, the Democrats are communist sympathizers and assets. They're scum of the earth. Sorry, it's the ugly truth. The beautiful lies down the dial. I'll be back tomorrow to tell more truth. Don't just have a great night. Have an American night. <laughs> 